Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, it's 11.49. Good luck going to bed tonight. If you're in Highmark Stadium uh, and you... uh, made it through that game without multiple gray hairs and or some kind of aneurysm in your brain. Good for you. I don't know how you did it. Uh, the Bills win uh, what will end up being, I, I don't know, a game we talk about probably for uh, hopefully never again. Um, the Bills score 14 points in the fourth quarter after being shut out for the first three quarters of the game. It's the first Bills win after being shut out for the first three quarters since 1987, that team was the New York Giants. So, for a little context, that is not a game many teams are going to win uh, when your offense doesn't show up like the Bills' offense didn't show up today. It's the second week in a row. The Bills didn't really... I mean, the Bills scored before the first half ended last week. They were down 11-7 to at the half, but they never really put it together in the second half. The Bills put some things together in the second half. They... Had a, a twelve, a seventeen play and a twelve play scoring drive back to back, and the Bills finally found a running game. They used James Cook. Um, I thought Latavius Murray had a good game. Josh Allen was eleven for eleven at one point, and then the incomplete pass where Dawson Knox drops one in his bread basket. A, a lot to get to. Nate Geary, Zach Jones, with me here live in our Amherst studios. And again, the Bills win fourteen to nine. We're going to hear from uh, Bills head coach Sean McDermott here shortly uh, from the podium. We'll hear from Bills quarterback Josh Allen as well. Uh, before we do all of that, before before we even get to the uh, response for the fans, let's quickly check the Skyworks uh, stats of the game. Skyworks Equipment Rental, Building America from the ground up. T- uh, Josh Allen in this game finishes 19 of 30, 169 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception with an 86.7 quarterback rating. Those two touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. James Cook led the lead, or, uh, led, led the game in rushing for the Bills, 14 carries for 71 yards and a 5.1 yards per carry average. Latavius Murray, a nice game as well, 12 for 45 in this game. Stephon Diggs, and really only Stephon Diggs uh, in terms of pass catchers in this game. 10 catches for 100 yards for the Bills pass catcher. The next closest guy, Gabe Davis, 3 for 21. He also had a uh, a fumble in this game. Taron Johnson ends up making the play on the final play of the game. Some might look back at that and talk about hold. Um, it was certainly a bang-bang play. I think the Bills were lucky to not get consecutive uh, defensive uh, pass interference slash holding calls uh, to end the game there to give them a third shot at an untimed down. But Taron Johnson finishes the game with 15 tackles 
including a pass deflection on the last game of the last play of the game. Terrell Bernard right behind him there, 12 tackles in this game. On the other side, the flip side, Tyrod Taylor goes 24-36, 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Saquon Barkley, his first game back from injury, 24 carries, 93 yards. He was stymied most of the game, breaks off two long runs in back-to-back plays um, early in the fourth quarter. It really kind of put them um, kind of in position to, to make, this, uh, make this an interesting game. Um, having said all that, the Bills win. They they get the points scored. It's fourteen to nine, and the Bills get out of that one alive. Four, uh, they'll they'll be four and two, heading into a divisional round game, uh, divisional matchup against the New England Patriots. And um, Zach, I just how you feeling about it? It's one of those where it's hard to feel like the Bills are going to come out on top. I think mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. because it feels like that story is played out. A hundred different times, and none of those times do the Bills win that game. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we were sitting here when when the final drive was happening, and you could see Tyron and the Giants' offense were moving down the field. We were both sitting here. We both ended up tweeting it out too. So you could you could just see this coming. You could see it happening because that's at the end of a game, you never want to be the team on defense. You always want to be the team with the ball in your hands with a chance to score. And it was just it was improbable how the Bills had put themselves in that situation. So immediately, once they're in that situation, you think it's got to collapse here. Like, this is where them being poor all game, and they really were. I mean, they had two very good drives in the second half, but for the most part, they were very, very poor all game. You thought, this is where the chicken comes home to roost. This is where you can't make stupid mistakes all night, even against a bad team, and expect to win. They do, but even then, at the end of the game, you get a pass interference call. To put him on the one-yard line. And honestly, if I'm the Giants, why are you setting up Saquon Barkley five yards away from the line of scrimmage? It was just, it, it, the entire game, it felt like this was going to happen. And that's why even for me, like I'm putting a quote-unquote win, I guess. It is a win. They are 4-2. and two. They have improved in the standings. But these last two games have really taken all of the wind out of the sails that the Dolphins game gave you. You beat that team off a 70-point you know, performance on offense. Your offense looked amazing. It looked like you couldn't be stopped. You did it against a poor defense. So you, you come into tonight, and there's kind of this idea that you'll do it again, that you'll be able to just kind of run through this team, your 15.5-point favorites, and they, they never look good. They never looked comfortable. Even with those two long drives, yeah, those were long drives because it really did feel like they just couldn't get anything going. So and they finally went to the running game, which was working, but it just it felt like constantly they were getting in their own way. Like how many times were we sitting here throughout most of the game? They would go into shotgun to pass, and we would just both be here. Going, what, what are you doing? Yeah, under it, center play action was working beautifully, and they went away from it at just the most improbable times. Yeah, it's listen. It's one of those games where they're in the reflection of this, there will be a lot of conversations around the offense, what mm-hmm. took so long for them to get going, why is it two weeks in a row after scoring 48 against the Dolphins two weeks ago, is it the attention to detail, the travel, like all these excuses. But I think at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the Bills do get the win, and that is the most important part of tonight, is that the Bills are not 3-3, three and three, they are 4-2, and two, and they remain... A game out of first place mm-hmm. in the division. And that is the reality of the situation is there is they are one game out of first place. Um, the Chiefs 
barely make it out alive against a team that let up 70 points earlier this season. The Eagles lost today. The NFL, and this is another good example of it, is a week-to-week league, is there is almost little to no carryover from a week-to-week perspective. And even bad teams can show up and play a good game. And I thought that the Giants, I think Brian Dable knew exactly what Ken Dorsey and this Bills mm-hmm. offense wanted to do. I think that was a big advantage for them, not an excuse. I just think that's an advantage that, you know, this is Brian Dable's offense, and you're trying to beat a guy with his own offense. It's it's not easy to do. All right, now it's time to get our first response from the fans. It's brought to you by Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any time, any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Let's go to our man Chance, who's been waiting patiently. Chance, uh, huh. what do you got, bro? <laughs> that that is the definition of a uh, you know ugly win. We we had no business winning that game if it wasn't for you know the second half Tyrod Taylor audible audible to a run play. You know the Giants kick a field goal there and they win the game because you know they would have got those three points there or whatever. You know it just it's, there's so many things to complain about this game. You know the the, the first half we, had, we you know we got Bass and he missed two field goals. And we don't kick a 54-yarder. Hey, Chance, sorry, i got to cut you off, my friend. I've got Josh Allen at the podium. Last two games. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a win. It's an ugly one. We'll take it. Uh, but there's a lot of things that we got to learn from and, and get better at. What did you get checked out just now? Uh, just some pictures. Shoulder? Yeah. Then uh, when you hit your head, could you feel, feel it a little bit before they called you off in the first half there? Yeah, that was... That was there was a little bit of pain there, but we'll be all right. Throwing shoulder or other shoulder? Throwing. Anything additional from that? No. You uh, buy into the theory at all that Babel knows you so well that maybe that was part of the struggle. He knows what to take away from you, maybe? I don't know. It's I mean, theory. absolutely. I mean, it's, it's essentially the same offense. It's something that they see for a month and a half in training camp. Um, so they, they – they played a really good game defensively, and let's throw records out the out the out the door. You know, it's the National Football League; those guys get paid to play paid to play as well. Um, and they did a good job today. And you know, we made one more play than they did on defense. Um, I can't thank our defense enough for for helping us out there. But we can't put our our defense in those types of situations, game in, game out. We got to be better. What'd you see on the Um, just rolling out a little bit. I saw that he he kind of turned up field. I saw um, safety's back towards me. Knew that I could put the ball um, where he can catch it, and he made a heck of a play. Would you let the ball go on a play like that? And the window, you see the window closing. I'm talking about the moment from leaving your hand to he catches it. Do you have a moment of, oh, no, because. No, I mean, I'm throwing it because I think it's going to get there. And um, it's more surprised if it doesn't, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just trusting what I see, trusting the guys around me. And, like I said, he made a heck of a play. What switched in the second half? I think the only incompletion was the one to Dawson at the end. But why were you guys so much more effective? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, we, we, we ran the ball really well in the second half, and I think it opened up some things. Um, but until I watched the film, I, I wouldn't have a – clear-cut answer for you, uh, just getting into a better rhythm in that second half and, and being smarter with the football. Um, but again, we got to find a way to establish that early in the game and, and feed off of that. You guys have been trying to get Hardy involved out of some of those backfield passes early in the season, but how rewarding was it to see that finally break through tonight? 
Great. I mean, he's been working his tail off. He's a guy that doesn't complain. He works extremely hard in practice. Um, you know, he's made some really big plays for us in the last couple of games that um, have helped us out quite a bit. So, you know, as the year goes on, we've got to find more ways to utilize him and his, his talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he made a heck of a play tonight and got in the end zone. And that was a, that was a big score for us after a 17-play drive. And, um, yeah, you got to finish in the end zone, and we did there. Josh, that third down throw, um, that he broke you shook your head a little bit. That what, what went wrong? Yeah, I just just missed him. Um, you know, Dorsey's putting the ball in my hands there, and they've got one timeout. So if you're throwing the ball, it better be completed. And uh, just came out the hand a little, a little softer than I wanted to, and um, you know, missed him. Did that have anything to do with your throwing shoulder? They mentioned that. Nah, I mean, I played the whole entire second half, and I didn't know that was my only incompletion, but it didn't affect the other ones. When did you get the shoulder hurt? How early in the game? Uh, I believe it was second quarter. Was that the play when you went into the tent? Was that the same play? Yeah. Okay. I think it was the right the play before. But just for clarification, because I think was was there a concussion spotter involved with that? Or was yeah, they the spotted me up top and they wanted to check me out. Um, the, the next play, the previous play, is the one where I felt I um, hurt myself a little bit. So. How do you feel about the offense right now from an overall standpoint? Um, again, I don't, I don't want to make mountains out of molehills here. Um, you know, we've been a, an extremely efficient offense. We've scored a lot of points. Um, obviously, the last two games, we haven't gotten off to a hot start. We've got to figure out why that is and, and how to get ourselves in a funk or get ourselves out of a funk early on and get ourselves into a good rhythm early on. So, um, you know, just we'll, we'll take it. One game at a time, um, one week at a time, and, and just try to continue to get better throughout the week. What are those conversations when you're trying to figure out things after a win compared to last week after a loss? Yeah, I mean, um, again, we just got to have a sense of urgency and uh, get to the bottom of it. And, and we're a much better team than, than what we showed tonight and what we showed last week. We're a much better offense than that. And we know that. So we got to go out there. We got to prove it. But again, it starts with practice and, and figuring out how to get our, our guys in good situations to help this football team win football games. Um, so again, we'll, we'll watch the film. We'll get better from it, and um, we'll be better going forward. Stefan had 11 of your first 16 targets, I think. Do you feel there's any need to spread the ball around a little bit more? Um, I mean, we're throwing it to the open guy, and you know he does a good job of getting open and, and making plays with the ball in his hands. And you know when you have a a receiver as talented as him, and he's your first read in a lot of concepts, and he's open, you can't really pass him up. Um, so, you know, we, we do have to utilize other guys, though, and I do think that we're a better team when we are able to spread the ball around. We're able to get everybody involved, and it's it's kind of dictated throughout each week, the flow of the game, based on how they're playing us. And um, sometimes it's going to be like that. There's going to be a game where he doesn't get as many targets as, as we want him to as well. So, um as long as we're we're moving the ball and scoring points, you know all that'll take care of itself. But we gotta we gotta take care of that too. Was everything you went for last year, like the end of the season, the ambulance coming out on the field? Can you just you know, from a team standpoint, seeing your teammate down like that, your brother? Can you just explain what's what's happening with you guys and what's going through your head? Yeah, you you never want to see that. Um, that's the ugly part of the game, you know. And he's been so great. Damien coming here, and, and I know he's only been here for a few few months, obviously, at this training camp, but um, the juice that he brings and the tough nose running that he brings to this offense, 
you can't really replace it, you know. And um, I'm hoping he's all right. I, I don't. I haven't gotten an update yet. I did see him moving, um, you know. So that that's that's obviously that's a positive sign. But um, you know, praying for him, him and his family, and, and hopefully we can uh, we can get an update on him soon. I'm not quite sure what's going on. All right, that was Bills quarterback Josh Allen at the podium following the Bills 14-9 win. Uh, And let me get you a quick one there. All locker room audio, of course, uh, is brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Before we hear from Bills head coach Sean McDermott, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. Always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Nate Geary, Zach Jones at our network control. Again, the Bills win 14-9 to over the New York Giants, a stress-filled game. And let's go back to Chance, who we had to rudely cut off before. Chance, sorry about that, my friend. Go ahead, kick us off. Chance, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you, brother. Yeah. So I, you, he was asked the question, you know, about spreading it out. And at, in the first half, I was upset. You know, like, why are we just targeting digs? And I wasn't for trading for a receiver, but I'm sick of Dawson drops. I mean, it wasn't a dime, but that ball was catchable to, to, to ice the game. And, and Gabe Davis just getting stripped. You know, I, I'm all for getting another receiver in here. And, you know, we, we caught another break. The first half we caught a break with uh, Tyrod auto, audible to a run. And that was a, definitely a hold, guys, if you watched yes. it. Mm-hmm. Taron yes, Johnson was yeah. mugging the guy. It should have been called. They should have got another play. But, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, it's just horrible coaching. And I'm still, I'm still wondering. Bass has the leg. I know he missed two. So you don't kick it in the first half. And, but and so then he misses it. Uh, you know he misses one. I, I would have just pinned him deep instead of going for it there. You know with Tyrod. Yeah, you know it's not. It, it's not. You know it's not one of the. It's not Mahomes back there with Tyrod. Make him drive the field. Your defense has been playing really good. It's just so many bad coaching decisions. The shotgun formation nonstop when we're running the ball. I mean, there's so much to hate about this game. A $13 million tight end who just continues to no-show. We don't know how to use Kincaid. I know he didn't play tonight. But it's just we had no business winning this game. You know, you'll take it. But I'm just really frustrated. And there's no gimmies on this schedule. You know, the schedule looked weak. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be easier than it was, you know, with Cincinnati and other teams. But there's just there's there's no gimmies. Next week's not a gimme against the Patriots. It should have been uh, tonight. They their offensive line. They were playing. Uh, the guy in the beginning said, "I'm off the couch." Yeah. <laughs> My God. I mean, it's pathetic. And you know, Dabble. You know, he knows what we're going to run, but we also know what they're going to run too. And Saquon was still running the ball down our throats. I know we held him to nine. It should have been more, but. I'm just frustrated. Most frustrated I've ever been over a win. Listen, I hear you. Thanks for the call, Chance. I feel Uh, that. I feel that. There is definitely a level of frustration. My buddy just texted me and said, you know, it might be the worst home game I've watched in the McBean era. All right. Well, you know, we're – you guys, the Cincinnati not, playoff so game lest did we forget. And how about the game where the Saints ran for like 600 yards against the Bills? Oh, that was it's fun. Jonathan Taylor as well. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor game. Yeah, there, there's, there's been a, a lot there's of a listen. Few. There's there's frustrating games. It's 
they're bound to happen. Frustrating games happen. This what I think the frustrating part about this game is chances point there at the end. You know, this is an offensive line that has been absolutely battered. I mean, eleven sacks a couple weeks ago they gave up um, to the Seattle Seahawks, and then I think ten the week after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not that, and and now you're facing the defense with you know the most sacks in fo- in football. And this was kind of in the lead-up to this game, which I thought was, I think, good context for this. You're playing a quarterback that you, you have film on, but you don't really have film on in this, you know, in this system. I thought the Giants had a great game plan of moving the pocket, not letting him sit back in the pocket, Tyrod this is, and, and take hits. They moved the pocket. Um, they did not run the ball effectively until the fourth quarter where Saquon gets those two runs that they, they sort of get their legs under them. Otherwise, I thought the Bills stifled that run offense all afternoon. I think really what what this comes down to is the Bills two weeks in a row in their inability to string things together offensively and find consistency in personnel. It's almost like getting too cute at the goal line and, and you know, being down at the one yard line and then running a a and my buddy Eric Turner from cover one, right, tweets out, you know, they run pistol out of the shock or you know, they run the pistol formation and then they get stopped for a two yard loss there at the one yard line. And my thought is I don't need new wrinkles at the goal line. I just need you to score touchdowns. I need you to get Josh Allen under center, take a snap and fall forward one yard. I don't need new it's almost like sometimes they get too cute. They try to overthink things. They try to like they, sometimes Ken Dorsey wants to be the smartest guy in the room. That's sometimes what it looks and feels like. And I think that generally speaking, he gets a lot of slack. Like on that play, I see people tweeting the the play that Dawson Knox drops the ball, saying like, "What are we doing, Dorsey? Dorsey drew up the perfect play. Yeah, that, that, that should be the game. That ice is the game. That's the game. If it's a better throw, or if Knox just catches it, and, I, that's, and that's the thing too. It's not. It wasn't a great throw. It's not a great. Throw. It was a catchable ball. Dawson Knox You're and Gabriel Davis. End. And I'm I'm with I'm sort of with Chance there, and I've been mm-hmm. sort of plugging away at the go trade for Jerry Judy, and now you know the the talks about Hunter Renfro being available. Like, go do that. Go get another pass-catching weapon because, you know, say what you will. And, you know, a lot of criticism towards Ken Dorsey about not being able to use his weapons. They missed Dalton Kincaid today. And I know that sounds weird because they don't really throw they the ball really a lot. They don't really use them all that but much. But he, he, he creates separation. He mm-hmm. gets clear-out routes for other guys. And I think him not being in the lineup hurt on some plays where you would use Dalton Kincaid to clear things out and get guys open. And today, the only guy consistently getting open was Stephon Diggs, hence why he got 16 targets. I mean, he had I, 12 in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, 11 of the first 16. I mean, that's it, it's just, it, that's to me, I think my biggest problem, and, and I tweeted it out, and I'm going to stick by it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out on Dorsey. I, just, I, I can't really do this anymore. And a lot of it with me is there doesn't seem to be a flow to the offense, Nate. It seems to just be, ah, let's see what works. And a lot of it, to me, really comes down to uh, Allen and Diggs are all pro, potential Hall of Fame players. Just let them go to work. And no one else really can do anything. You see Knox just just going away. I mean, this year his average yards per reception is under 8 yards. Dalton Kincaid's not really doing much. Davis is just not reliable at all. I think he, what, the last four games leading into this game, he caught a touchdown pass in each of them. But he'll have like two or three catches. He's really not a major factor of the offense almost ever. It really does just feel like if Allen Diggs can't make it work 100% of the time, we have no idea what to do. And you saw that with Diggs having 12 targets, but only five or six catches in the first half. And so, I mean, like, yeah. you know, Allen goes into the, into the second half going for 11 for 11 at one point, I think up until the Knox drop. But there needs to be somebody else here. My problem is, though, ultimately, Hunter Renfro disappears. I don't know if he's even selling the Raiders. He, he probably is, 
there's no proof. And Jerry Judy, after getting just a bad mouth, blown up by Steve Smith uh, Sr. on Thursday Night Football pregame, goes out there and catches three, ca- three passes for 14 yards. Are, are, are either of them doing anything for this offense? Maybe Hunter Renfro, because they have no middle-of-the-field option right now. They have no middle-of-the-field option. They don't, and they don't really have a guy that can just get open. I think yeah. that's sort of what they're missing in this offense, is they just need a guy that, in man-to-man coverage, can just run routes and get open. And and I think that's kind of what this offense really misses. And mm-hmm. listen, Gabriel Davis can make his plays down the field. He provides absolutely nothing in the short, in, in the short areas nothing. of the field. They just don't. He just doesn't. So I, I think for me... I, I'm looking towards the rest of this season, how the Bills' offense can get better. I think Ken Dorsey's got to be better. Josh has got to be better. I, I, you know, it felt like early in this game, Josh was going to throw for 400 yards. He was spinning the ball well. A couple of bad, a bad drop on the first drive mm-hmm. by Stephon Diggs. A holding call here. This and it just, the Bills got lucky. Let's just put it the way that it is. The Bills got lucky to get out of this game with a win. They did. They're four and two. And there's a long season left, and this is a week-to-week league, and those are the things that you know this coaching staff will continue to preach, that will probably continue to preach. But they've got to be better offensively. They cannot continue to rely on their defense holding teams to nine points. And again, the defense, as battered as they are, holds the- – now, again, I mean, the, the, the Giants haven't scored a touchdown in now three full weeks, but the defense bailed this team out time and time again, and I think the offense put them in bad positions, and, and yet here they are. They were, they were able to find a way to win. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Scott in Rochester. Scott, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you, Nate. Um, you guys get wicked uh, drought-era bills. Uh, uh, that yeah. I know yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete with the Turk Schoener playbook, too. Um, man, that's, this offense is getting hard to watch, man. They scored zero points for three quarters last week, uh, zero points for three quarters this week. Um, what more can you say? It just looks disjointed. It looks unharmonious. It looks forced. It looks unimaginative. It looks lazy. It looks, I mean, any number of <laughs> descriptions will fit what, the, what they're doing on offense. Um, I, I don't, is, is it too early to call Ken Dorsey, Ken Canada? Cause I don't know what's going on out here, guys. Um, Help! I, uh, shout out to the defense, though they keep they keep doing what they're supposed to be doing, man. Now the offense is letting us down. It's like the complete opposite of the uh, the drought. But who knows, dude? I I just, I just it's getting a bit much. It's, it's getting hard to watch. It's getting embarrassing. Um, I, I definitely lowered expectations these past couple of weeks because deep down you know you're not going to win anything with this kind of play calling. This this is a uh, this is um this is the big time. This is when you get to the playoffs. That's when people show up and this team can't even seems like they can't even show up for regular season games. So that's all I got guys. I'm frustrated. I'm like everyone else's go bills, I guess. See ya. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Scott. It's it again, it, it it's going to end up being a very frustrating, you know, next couple of days breaking down this game, watching some of the film. I think the offense left a lot on the field. Like I, do I, do I think that, you know, there were plays where guys were running wide open down the field and Josh Allen missed them. No. Um, but I also think that, you know, in, in some of these moments where you got stuff that's working, um, you got to just kind of keep going to it. Now, you see what happened today late in the fourth quarter where the the Bills' first scoring drive, they go up 7-6, to six, and the Giants walk down the field. They go 85 yards. They kick the field goal. 
And on that drive, they must have ran that same trap play five or six times. Mm-hmm. They went back to it again. The Bills finally made a shift for it on the next play. And, you know, uh, Terrell Bernard makes a great play stuffing Saquon Barkley because the defense, you could literally see right at the snap of the ball, the linebackers shift over um, to put themselves in a better position so they can't get they can't get trapped on that play. But what I'm, I guess, sort of referring to on that is – they went back to the same play over and over and over again because it was working. And it's like sometimes you watch this Bills offense run a play, run a concept, and it works. And then they go completely away from it. The under center stuff, to me, I think deserves a little bit more scrutiny because this is a team right now that is functioning at such a high level, whether it's the play-action game, whether it's the run game, whether it's the three, five, seven-step drop game. They are functioning and executing at such a higher level out of from, from under center rather than shotgun. And then they have a positive play. I think I tweeted about it. It was a 19 yard play from under center the next play shotgun interception Mm -hmm. so there needs to be a level of accountability from the offensive coordinator to say hey listen like this is working we need to stick with it and we need to continue going to the well and those are things that i'm certainly um going to be looking at for sure let's go back to the phones let's go to drew in new york drew you're on the post game show welcome drew hey guys big fan of the show thanks for taking my call thanks uh yeah uh gutsy win uh don't care how it's done but a win is a win is a win is a win uh i just got some takeaways so, like, something that I want to bring up um, is I think that we need a scary second target to throw to. I felt like Josh Allen lit on digs a little bit too much this game, especially in the first half, throwing to digs after digs after digs. I think maybe you can go maybe trade to the Broncos and maybe get Sutton or Judy. Just another scary elite. Maybe not, not even elite, just a good wide receiver that other teams game plan for and are scared of. So I don't think Gabe Davis fits into that right now. Um, another thing that I've been wondering around the whole season is why we haven't been running the QB sneak more mm-hmm. often. I mm-hmm. feel like, I just feel like Ken Dorsey needs to be able to, where you, we have a six, five quarterback. We have to utilize him more, especially in when our first touchdown this, this game, uh, Latavius Murray on second and goal, we had the ball at the one yard line. We decided to hand it off to him, which we can easily just get a touchdown. If we run a QB sneak with Josh Allen. Um, and, one one other thing is that I just don't feel comfortable with Kyrie Elam right now. I think that he gets burnt after burnt after burnt, and he's not a first-round pick good right now. Like, he's just not living up to our expectations of what a first-round pick should be. And it's scary, especially come playoff time. And uh, I think it's just something to worry about for now. And lastly, like, a good thing, it's hard to win games. Well, we usually win games by blowouts. And I think yeah. winning a game that's close can help you out a little bit little bit little bit better than winning a game that's like high score and we just destroy teams. We usually don't win close games. But uh yeah. They haven't this year. That's uh, thanks for the call, Drew. I listen, I, I, I don't hate that point about this team in these closer games, haven't been able to find ways to pull it out. Josh Allen has not won a game in overtime in his career. So finding a way to pull this win out, I think, is important for this team moving forward. It's a building block game, even though it's ugly. And even though we look at it and we say, you know, they've got to play better against a bad team. Um, winning in a, in a game like this, I think, is will be an important building block for this team um, for the rest of the season. I, it just, you know, can they be better offensively? And yeah, I mean, the Kyrie Elam point, and well, actually, before we go to the Kyrie Elam point, let's talk about the design quarterback run point, because I, I think that we were all interested in this offense evolving past needing 
Josh Allen to be the guy to lead both in the run game and in the pass game. And I think that they have evolved as an offense to being a more well-rounded offense. They can run the ball in a more traditional manner. They can turn around and hand the ball off out of eye formation. They can turn around and, 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 and run out of, out of shotgun. And they've got James Cook, and I like Latavius Murray. I think that's a really good one-two punch. They've got, a diff- they've got differing skill sets. Um, I, I, sometimes, though, like I, I want to see more James Cook. And I think to the point of these quarterback runs, I, I my buddy at uh, Yards Per Pass on Twitter, uh, he's got this kind of thing going where it's like, I'm good with not running Josh and designed runs until you need to do it, mm-hmm. until you got to break glass in case of emergency. And in a game like this where you're struggling and you're in these third and short situations or you're in a goal-to-go situation, Brian Dable was better at designing those quarterback-designed runs better than anybody. And I was one of the people probably ringing the bell saying, like, this team has to evolve past needing their run, their quarterback to make those plays consistently to be the focal point of the run game. But I also think that you can't just move away from it entirely and not use it when it is a weapon. He is still an elite-level runner, and you have to have designed plays within your offense to utilize that when things aren't working or when you need him in the red zone in those short yardage situations. So as much as I have wanted them to move away from it, I need them to bring it back at least supplementary in a supplemental fashion to make sure that they can create sustainability in the offense. And that, to me, is, I think, one area that I'm really going to look at is they need to find ways to sprinkle it in. It doesn't have to be a focal point, but it has to be sprinkled in. It has to be sprinkled in, but it even feels like on just plays that break down, where Allen is rolling to his right or to his left, it almost seems like he is skittish to decide to just go. There were a few times tonight, not many, but a few, where it just felt like, why is he not just pinning his ears back and going and just getting the first down, getting how many yards he can get. That feels like it's taken away. And I do think it comes back to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, both a lot this offseason, really making a point of saying they wanted Allen to not run as much. And I, I just, it, it does feel like this, this offense is almost holding itself back because they want to see Josh Allen play like Josh Allen until he's 35, 40. Yeah. I just don't think that'll ever happen. Well, they don't have the weapons right now, I think, to be the offense to, to, to be a spread it out and yeah. have them be a point guard. They just don't have the guys right now that are getting open cons- consistently enough. And especially when teams want to be physical at the line of scrimmage, Gabriel Davis just does not have the route running nuance to walk out there against guys that want to get physical with him at the line of scrimmage, run precise precision. And this is not just about Gabriel Davis not being able to run routes. This is also about an offense that even up until last week, had plays and concepts where guys are running routes way too close to each other, running into each other. Like, it just has not been a precise enough unit outside of the three-game stretch that we saw against a bad team at the Raiders, Mm -hmm. a bad team against the Washington Commanders, and a bad defense in Miami. And to me, that's what's frustrating, is you see how precise, how well-oiled, how nuanced they can look against a team like the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, is... One up there with one of the best teams. They got the sec- yep. they have the tied for the best record in football, and you wonder where that offense goes. Like, how can they have? How can they they execute at that level in a game like that? And then for the next eight quarters, completely go away flat. against against defenses that are as bad or even a little bit worse than the than the uh, than the Miami Dolphins defensively. It's just I don't know. It, it's it's a lack of execution. It's a lack of 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 consistent play calling. Um, some of it's on on the players. Some of it's on the coaching. But I think at the end of the day, they've got to figure this out. And, and, and I've got confidence they will because we've seen them be successful like really recently. Oh, they've yeah. been successful this year in, in, in three straight games. It's just 
it continues to be way too much ceiling floor, ceiling floor. And the, the Bills, for, for, for my own sanity, need to find ways to find that, that consistency week in and week out, but drive in and drive out as well. Uh, let's go back to the phones as we wait for Bills head coach Sean McDermott to hit the podium. Let's go to Alex in Buffalo. Alex, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Alex. Hey, what's going on, Nate? Um, just there was a comment you made about um, under center versus um, shotgun. So I have a stat here. Um, the five plays under center went for 33 or 80 yards versus when they went to pistol shotgun, it was 12 for 33. So it it's hard to – I just don't get the consistency in the play calling, and it just seems like every time we go out there, it's just not the same play calling, or they always try and switch it up, and it just doesn't work. And I feel like they go to dig – and the the thing that gets me is the the halfback draw up the middle every time, and that that just I don't understand that play call. If it's two, two, second and eleven, why are you running Cook up the middle? <laughs> it's not even about running Cook up the middle. Thanks for the call, Alex. It's about you know I talked about when a play works, you kind of I, I would like to see him sometimes go back to the well a little bit more. And in in converse to that, I, I'd like them to maybe put that play in retirement for a little while, mm-hmm. that, that sprint draw play that worked a couple of times against a super aggressive flying up the field defense in the New York Jets. They have not had the same success with that play, and yet it seems like it's a play they continually go to. And I, I think for me, the thing about the sustainability and the ability to build on on performances, that's really where I think the Bills have been lacking offensively, is just not building off of a game like the Dolphins and then following it up with that. Listen, there, there's a lot of... You can make a lot of excuses for the London game. It was poorly planned. The Bills didn't travel on... on, on, on I think nobody's really arguing the point that the, their travel plans worked in their favor. Um, they played a team that was there for 10 days, and like that's sometimes you're going to lose a game like that. I can live with losing a game like they lost in London. What I can't live with is throwing up a, 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 a performance like the Bills offense had today in essentially a, a identical performance that they had against a very good Jaguars defense, by the way, in London with all of the other, you know, ancillary things that were going on, travel and fatigue and jet lag and all of those things. I, I, I'm okay, and I can buy into some of those things. What I can't buy into is how you can follow that performance up with a very similar performance against a bad defense at home in prime time. I, I, I have a lot of problems buying into any excuses for that. Not that I, not that anybody's calling in and making excuses. I think everyone kind of feels the same way mm-hmm. about this game, which is it's frustrating, and you want to see the Bills look like the team that, was favored by 15 and a half points, the largest margin of victory, um, the largest spread going into a game this year. And they did not look like that team. And, and it, it just my thing with these last two weeks is where is the flow? I, like, I, even with that, like you brought up the point that, you know, the Giants ran the same run play, like four or five plays in a row, and it worked. It got them right down the field, and it kind of made the beginning of the fourth quarter feel like a track meet. But ultimately, for me, it's just, th- th- this is my problem. You brought it up with, with, Ken Dorsey kind of wanting to be the smartest man in the room at times, and that's what it feels like. That's what it looks like all the time, is that he's trying to – like he came into the game believing this would work, and he's going to force it to make it work. 
whether it be the draw play on first down with James Cook, who's your smallest running back on the roster. It should, if you're going to do that up the middle, it should always be Latavius Murray. I will never understand that. Or going into shotgun, even though I don't mind running James Cook in, up up the middle. I, I think he had a lot of success out of I formation running up the middle today. I, it's it's the consistency in which you do it, but also I I think that there needs to be. I, I don't love doing it out of shotgun because they're That's not getting terrible. a running. They're not getting a running start when you are running up the middle out of shotgun. You have a stationary running back that you're basically. There's no way for them to really disguise that it's a run. You hand, you turn around. You don't even turn around. You just hand the ball off to your side, and you have a stationary running back who is going to meet mostly, most likely, the first contact right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, there's this belief that all of a sudden like they're going to get like that you know head of steam going for the three yards. Like that's never going to happen. That is absolutely not going to happen. And it's so it's frustrating because they are clearly more talented than they should be. This offensive line is playing really, really, really well. well. Something that was a big problem last year. The defensive line is great. I feel like they did upgrade at tight end. I still feel like they did upgrade at wide receiver from last year, but it seems like no one is getting going but Josh and Diggs and James Cook every, every few weeks, which is great because he is showing that that speed element is fantastic. But it's just, it's there is something missing here. And while I don't want to harp on a win, ultimately, they did win. My fear is, and we've had a few people calling about it too, is that, this is not a team that is trying to break the drought. This is not a team that is just trying to have a fun, happy playoff appearance once every three, four years. This is a team in a Super Bowl window and an old roster at that. Like, they've got to ultimately figure it out, and that's always my fear. Even if it's early in the season, I, I'm not seeing a development from Ken Dorsey. I'm not seeing that, I, I guess we're going to say, second-year jump as him as an offense coordinator. We're not seeing it. It still feels like we're having the same problems, the same issues. The only thing that's gotten better is the offensive line is playing more consistently they're playing better consistently and and that's ultimately my fears i'm looking towards january going what if kansas city figures out their wide receiver problem yeah it's hard for me to look forward though in, in any mm -hmm. season because mm -hmm. things change so quickly week to week and and like if you don't believe me look back from week one to week two and, and oh absolutely absolutely things change so quickly it's hard for me to just you know think about well what is the implication of a week 6 game mean for you know january and in, into february it's you know the bills were 7 and 6 uh after that jacksonville loss in 2021 and nobody thought that team was a super bowl contender and then they turned on the jets they score 56 points at home against the the new england patriots then they go and basically in my opinion they outplayed the kansas city chiefs and mm -hmm. Josh Allen throws four touchdowns in that game. And, you, you, you know, the offense didn't look right. They scored seven, nine points against Jacksonville, but they scored 100 points in the two points. But we've got head coach, finally, head coach Sean McDermott at the podium. NFL, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, it was not easy. I'll give credit to the Giants. And uh, then there's a lot of things we can do better as well. So um, proud, of, uh, proud of the way the guys found a way. Uh, I thought our offense... Um, came up with two uh, critical scores there in the second half, which we needed, and then uh, defensively to come back and uh, basically on two, got to have it drives for them back to back, shut them down um, on fourth downs, and uh, and so a lot of young guys out there got getting valuable time, and um, that's a great learning experience opportunity for them. So uh, crowd was phenomenal again at home, uh, which is great. No place like no place like home in Western New York, baby. It's it's unreal. Um, I know you guys are probably going to want injury updates. Uh, I'll tell you what I know on uh, on Josh. Josh had uh, scans all, all are normal so far. Um, 
on his shoulder, and then uh, and then Damien, same thing so far. So things are heading in a in a good direction right now for Damien as well. So um, with that, I'll turn it over to you with your questions. Sorry, just to clarify, Damien, it's, he also has hands in their offense so far. So far, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's my understanding he has full movement uh, right now as well. So from your perspective, Sean, as that's playing out, you know, what was that like for you? With Damien? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you run the things start going through your mind. First of all, you know, again, you just look at the young man and um, anyone, whether it's your own player in this case or a player from the other team, uh, you're concerned, right? And, and the game becomes secondary to the care um, and the well-being of the player lying, lying on the field at that point. So, I mean, it's it's not a good uh, not a good um, thing to have to go through. Um, it's, but fortunate that he's seemingly heading in a, in a good direction with the, with the reports that we're getting. So I'm just uh, very thankful to God for that. Coach, tell two halves. Uh, you guys come out in that second half. You put together, like you mentioned, two great drives. That first drive took 10 minutes off the clock. Yeah, we're going into the fourth quarter. Was that kind of like our point of emphasis to come out and have a little bit more balanced attack in the second half? Well, we needed to. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't get into a good enough rhythm uh, in the first half. And... We've got, to, we've got to find a little bit better rhythm early on in the game right there. Is that execution? Is that just like, like how does that happen, I guess, two weeks in a row? Yeah, well, you're not going to like my answer. It's going to be like I need to go back and look at, I mean, my head is sometimes down now being working with the defense um, when I'm, you know, I'm not seeing every play, right? So I, I'm not really sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to find a rhythm. You got to you got to establish a line of scrimmage and, and get our quarterback into a good rhythm. And um, it's probably a little bit of everything. Usually, it's never usually just one thing. And um, and so uh, we got to go look at that and, and look hard at it uh, because it's been a couple weeks now in a row here that we've uh, gotten off to a slow start. So we're better than that, um, and we got to we got to work on that. How would you impressed about how the way that James Cook and Latavius Murray was able to show to the vote with Damian Harris going down? Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, James, you could you could really feel James was running with an attitude. Um, so was Tay. I feel like Tay runs most of the time with an attitude. Um, but James in particular, um, there were a couple runs in a row there where he was just, he had his shoulders lowered and, and he was he was running with intent and a purpose, and, and that's how he's got to run every play. Just felt like it was an opportunity for, uh, for you know, to see what our offense looks like a little bit with Tay starting the game, and and then from there the coaches um, took it from there based on you know their their evaluation of um, who was the hot hand per se. So, but um, you know James is a good back. He's just he's young, and and so this is this is a little bit of a. Uh, learning opportunity for him as well. You got to come out every game with with a purpose and, and an attitude, and and uh, that's what I saw in him tonight. You were coaching the defense up for the last play, the untimed down. I guess did the play surprise you? Was that what you guys anticipated? I mean, how do you balance knowing okay they can run it or they can pass it? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, we you know again before half they tried to run it and they and our guys shut it down, and and then the half ran out, and then in that one they tried to throw it. And we made the play there too, so real proud of the guys. Sean, what did you see on Quentin's touchdown, and just what did it mean for him to make a play like that? Yeah, I mean that was gutty, man, because he was uh, he was banged up a little bit, and 
Um, here's our third tight end with Dalton out, you know, ready to play, stepped up in a critical situation, made a huge play for us. Josh only had one Again, gutty performance, resilient. Um, you got sometimes you got to find a way. You don't have your A game, and you got to figure it out. And I, and I thought our offense did a little bit of that in the second half, which was uh, which is good to see. Sean, how, how, how much pride in the, the defense with all moving pieces, all the new guys in, to be able to, to win that game and get the stop and get the ball? Yeah, I mean nine points, right? How often can you do that in, in an NFL game? And um, you know, really two drives that they had, two opportunities to, to go down and win the game, and our defense stood up. I thought the guys did a phenomenal job. Two fourth down situations or, you know, in terms of those drives ended in basically last play um, situations there, and, and our guys stood up. And uh, some of those guys are young guys, but um, we're not there yet. But when you're talking about Kair, a second-year player, CB, a second-year player, um, TB, a second-year player, Dorian, a rookie, um, I mean, those guys in, in a game like that, when it's you know it's nip and tuck, and to go on a drive where you're saying, "Hey, two minute, let's execute," right? That's why we practice the way we do, and you got to communicate, execute. It's got to all be rolling um, in the critical moments of the game, and it was. Those guys were doing a really good job, and then again, they stood up with it in that last play. They stood up and made the play that they had to make. I know week after week we asked about AJ Epinesa because he keeps making these big impact plays. We were talking in the locker room, and he kind of was really hard on himself. Like he, you know, it's almost like he didn't really do much, and he was unsatisfied with his performance. Um, what does that say about, I guess, his work ethic and the standard that he holds himself to, despite the fact that he is making these big plays week after week? Now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it is a standard. That's what we hold ourselves to. That's that's the um, that's the environment in our building. Um, you come to work. Um, you prepare, and and you come out ready to play. And uh, it's fun to watch young players, maybe players uh, like AJ who haven't been as consistent as they would have wanted to this point in their career, um, start to really develop. And um, I think that's that's where you're able to sustain success is when your young players develop and um, the light comes on. And, and we're seeing that with AJ. And, and then you're seeing the standard when he doesn't think for whatever reason that um, he played as well as he should have or, or can. Um, the self-awareness and maturity that comes with that is, is also um, very important. John, after everything settled down with that skirmish in the end zone, did you talk with Josh at all about getting himself involved in a situation like that? Uh, really, honestly, I didn't have time because it was, it was um, a lot going on there, as you said, and I'm um, just trying to manage the game more than anything. He knows. Um, he knows he's got to be smart. But I'll say this: I also, I don't, you know, we're not backing down either. I don't want our guys backing down. But 17, in particular, needs to be smart. He needs to let everybody else fight the fight for him, and he stays in the back. So, John, what was the thinking with with not trying to field the line in the first quarter, the longer the longer one, going to 55 or so, and then kicking again in the fourth quarter at the end when you're up five and uh, three four minutes to go. Yeah, it was. I think the first one was going the other direction. We were out of. We felt like we were out of our range there, uh, just because a little bit of the wind that was going usually goes towards the tunnel. Um, so a difference in in some of the in some of the wind that, again, wasn't a ton of wind, but the ton, the wind usually flows into the back of the uh, the stadium and towards the tunnel. That's why we took the that direction in the fourth quarter. Coach Dorian Williams got his first start. I know you haven't watched the film, but what did you notice about this play? Today? I'm sorry, Dorian Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's another young player out there playing, and 
he plays extremely hard. I mean, he is he is um, only going to get better. I mean, like in, like all young players, he's he makes some mistakes, but it's important to him, and he has the respect of his teammates. And I think that's a that's a step in the right direction for any young player. Paul said a little bit ago that Taron seemed super focused, more so than usual, in the last couple defensive drives. Did you notice that as well? Taron did. Yeah, yeah Taron. Yeah, I mean, all the guys did. They knew what they had to do. Um, they knew, you know, you got. I think Giants were holding three timeouts and we're in, their, in our four-minute offense there and uh, thought we had a chance to end it right there at the completion. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. And then, you know, we're, we missed the kick, so we give him a short field right there, but tried to go up eight. I think it would have put us up eight. Um, so I felt like that was the right idea. And, and then, you know, we didn't convert, which we will moving forward. Uh, full confidence in, in uh, T-Bass. Um, and so we had to stop him on what, it, what was amounted to a short field. And, um, all the, I thought all the defensive guys were rolling. I mean, I didn't see, you know, from the naked eye at least one um, thing that wasn't executed. Really, I mean, it was we were we were pressuring, we were covering, we were pressuring, we were covering, and Saran Neal was out there as well, playing the dime position for us. And and um, again, another guy that doesn't typically play defense, and and he stood up. Sean hasn't been smoothest smoothest ride for Tiger. You know, I mean, had some bumps tonight as well. But what did you see from him? Resilient. Yeah, resilient. Um, he made a great tackle in the two-minute um, drive that they were on. Um, I forget the the, uh, the call, but uh, that was a great tackle, and, and I think it kept, kept excuse me the clock running as well, which was important. Um, so uh, was, you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows, and, and you just got to stay. You got to stay tough, man. And uh, he showed that tonight. Well, Tony, third This is a question on the uh, any reason consideration to force the Giants to use their last timeout. On our third down, On yeah, third down, for sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we thought about it. Yeah, wanted to, wanted to be had a chance to seal the game also though too, and we had we had a guy open, um, and we just didn't execute. So yeah, I mean all those things we're thinking about, we're talking about. Um, don't like the fact. I mean you're you're playing aggressive. Trust our quarterback. Don't like the fact that the clock is you know stops on the incomplete and they and they have one timeout remaining. To your point. Um, you know, but I also like putting the hands in our and putting the ball in the hands of our best player in Josh Allen too. What was your assessment of Vaughn's progress the second game back? Yeah, um, you know, it's hard to watch the D line, you know, but he was he was his mindset I felt like was he's getting his mindset back, you know, of now he's playing and and uh he's a competitive guy, so he's he's only gonna get better um each week. Ideally, yeah. I mean, ideally, I mean, the more you know, the medical staff takes, uh, you know, ups that rep count, then obviously the more his, you know, he'll be available in the fourth quarter for us, which is important. So, all right, thanks, guys. All right, that is Bills head coach Sean McDermott following again the Bills' 14-9 win over the New York Giants. And Sean McDermott's coach's podium is brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at NorthtownAuto.com. Nate Geary. Zach Jones here at Network Control. We're going to take a timeout. We've got a bunch of breaks to get to. We've also got more phone calls, 803-0550. Your number to call here on the postgame show. This is Buffalo Bills. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.
The Buffalo Bills survive against the New York Giants and improve to 4-2 and two on the season with a 14-9 win. Josh Allen for 169 yards through the air and two touchdown passes. James Cook led the way on the ground for the Bills with 71 yards, while Stephon Diggs was the game's leading wide receiver with 10 catches for 100 yards. He was also targeted 16 times, tying a career high. The Bills did, however, have running back Damian Harris leave the game in an ambulance and taken to a local hospital due to a neck injury. Bills head coach Sean McDermott in his postgame press conference did confirm that all scans so far for Harris have been good and that he does have movement in his arms and legs. The Bills will next turn their attention to division rival in the New England Patriots and they'll travel to Gillette Stadium next Sunday for a 1 p.m. kickoff. Some other scores from around the league today. The Ravens took down the Titans 19-8 in London earlier this morning. The Bengals have won two in a row, and they now sit at 3-3 three and three overall in the season after a 17-13 win over Seattle. Cleveland with a big upset over the 49ers, 19-17. Jaguars win over division rival in the Colts, 37-20. The Patriots fall to 1-5 after a 21-17 loss to the Raiders, and the Jets take down the previously undefeated Eagles, 20-14. We will have one more game this week as the Cowboys travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers for Monday Night Football. This sports update is brought to you by Independent Health, Well Beyond Insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. Now I look at traffic with Joe Kelly. As of right now, traffic is still heavy around Highmark Stadium. Abbott Road is seeing significant congestion along with Big Tree Road. And along Southwestern Boulevard, all the way through the 219, you're seeing increased volume with some slowdown. And on the 219 itself, starting to see some increased volume and standstill traffic as we're looking at Mile Strip Road um, all the way up through the 90 interchange all the way past Ridge Road. After that, it seems to clear out, and the drive gets a little smoother. But as of right now, we're looking at some slowdown on the 219 again and the 219 to I-90 interchange heading back towards the city of Buffalo. For now, it is slow moving as per usual, leaving Highmark Stadium. Traffic is brought to you by Sullivan's Brewing. From Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world. I'm Joe Kelly for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. the handoff, throws it into the end zone, it's incomplete, intended for Darren Waller, Taron Johnson in coverage, caused enough disruption to force the incompletion, the game is over, and the Bills escape with a 14-9 victory. Chris Brown on the call. That is your electric play of the game. It's brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. For an electrifying performance, check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Nate Geary, Zach Jones here, hanging out with you on the Buffalo Bills postgame show. We'll have the overtime show for you as well, starting at 1.30 with Zach. And, uh, <clears throat> again, a <laughs> stunning sort of chain of events to end this game. Um, the pass interference that gives them two seconds left uh, at the end of the game, the I would guess I'd call it the no call mm-hmm. uh, against Taron Johnson on that final play of the game. The Bills, uh, to Chris Brown's point, find a way to get out of this with a win. Let's check in our Managing the Game, which is presented by the Financial Guys, Western New York's one-stop financial shop. And looking at both coaches here, the defensive side, we'll start with Sean McDermott. 
Another fantastic performance from this Bills defense, holding the New York Giants to just nine points, including two huge monumental stops uh, at the end of each half, the end of this first half and the end of the game for the Bills defensively. Hard to put any uh, any demerits on that side of the ball and the coaching decisions we saw from Coach uh, Sean McDermott in this game. On the other side, just another frustrating performance from the Bills offensively. Um, looking at the performance from both a play calling and an execution perspective, uh, a lot left out on the field. The Bills did not score a point until the fourth quarter of this game. Uh, is the first time since, I think it was 160-something consecutive quarters... Maybe it was maybe it was sixty straight games. Maybe maybe I that sounds right. No, that sixty sounds straight right. games with uh, scoring at least a touchdown in the first half. Snap I, mean, today. I did hear on the broadcast too. Like they said, this is the first time Allen's been held scoreless through three quarters since his third start of his NFL yeah. career. Yeah, I, I'm tonight. It was frustrating. Tonight also was really bad at times. Yeah. I mean, it, I was sitting here at one point, and we got to the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it was they were in the red zone, and and they did the transition, and I just sat there in my head. I'm like. Oh, they haven't scored yet. They have today. not scored. Yeah. And it was like, it, I want to say it was a little rattling, though, because I was like, what happened? Like, it, you've gone through three scored quarters. Scored 48 points against, two weeks ago. Against yeah. the worst team in the NFC. Maybe not the worst team in the NFL. The Patriots do exist. But the worst team in the NFC. Playing like the worst team in the NFC. And yeah. you hadn't scored through three quarters. That's that was i mean they, like that's to me like that's going to be the sticking point as much as they did win this and i and i get it they won they're 4 and 2 now and it, it is it, it's going to stick in the standings and not going to it's not going to be an asterisk like in college that's football right. where it's like eh you won but did you but that's kind of where i'm sitting where it's just like you won but like i i i think it was chance who, who said it earlier too they have the patriots now i can't overlook the patriots and i should be able to Nate i should be able to well, look you at that game. you shouldn't overlook anybody and i think part of the the discussion during the broadcast with Chris Collinsworth was like, this is one of those games where you walk in and this is a team you think you should beat and you, you're, you're confident and you're going to beat. And sometimes performances like this can... Um... But that's for them. I'm a yeah, civilian. I right. get to hang out. I want to kick my feet up, Nate. I want to relax. It's the last one o'clock game we've had until like 2025. It's the NFL. I want to be able to relax. Goes sometimes, man. And now I'm sitting here going, is Mac Jones going to somehow... He's not. No. He's not. No. Spoiler no. alert. No. But now I'm going to have to sit here... On all like week. Saturday, really, it's an all week sort of thing. You're gonna you're gonna be worrying about Mac Jones, and I'm which like, nobody I, should do. I I know he's bad. I I watched him play the Raiders to, like today, and now I got to be. Why do I got to worry about that, Nate? Why don't because today I got to worry about that. Let's go to, back to the phones. Let's go to Kevin and Hornell. Kevin, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, Nate. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, something that was reiterated about Josh needing a safety blanket in the offense. You know, these types of ugly games, you need a player that can get the quarterback in rhythm. You know, in years past, we had Beasley. And, you know, I, I referenced back the 2021 game, home against Miami. You know, the offense is really slow to start out. And then immediately we start hitting Beasley, just a guy who can get open in man coverage. And, you know, I thought in this case, maybe Dalton Kincaid could be that. But at the same time, you know, when you have an offensive coordinator who gets bored, it seems like at times it wants to attack the outsides. I feel like at times the Bills aren't interested in having a, you know, a death by a thousand cut type of offense, but I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, listen, I, I think the short passing game uh, kind of went to the wayside today. And, and to your point, right now they don't have that guy that's getting open consistently underneath. Even when Dalton Kincaid is healthy and in the game, um, still not really – 
that's not really been his. He's not, he's not he, a guy that's running routes and getting open. They've he, been using him as like a chip guy and and mm-hmm. some clear out route concepts. But there really has not been that 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 idea that he was going to walk in and be Cole Beasley. That has not come to fruition. It's it's not come th- to fruition. I mean, like they are not using him as Cole Beasley at all. Beasley in his worst season as a Bill on average yard per reception was eight point five. Right. Kincaid's hanging around six point five seven. And and that's a, you're, you're not even getting bad Beasley out of Kincaid yeah. right now, and and that's but a I also don't think it's I don't know that it's Kincaid's fault though. I see that, and and I fully agree. I don't think it is. I don't know if this offense truly knows what to do with him. I also Utah, don't. They're not running the enough. The problem also is they don't run enough eleven personnel to get enough receivers on the on the field to really do that mm-hmm. either. So it's a personnel issue as well. Let's take a time out on the other side. We'll continue taking phone calls. Eight zero three zero five fifty. Zach Jones, Nate Geary here uh, live in our Amherst studios. We'll continue with the post game show. This is the Buffalo. This is Buffalo Bills football. It wasn't pretty, but the Buffalo Bills do improve to four and two on the season. After they take down the New York Giants 14-9 at home, Josh Allen through the air, 169 yards and two touchdowns. James Cook led the way for Bills rushers with 71 yards, while Stephon Diggs was the game's leading wide receiver with 10 catches for 100 yards. He was also targeted 16 times. That ties a career high, but the Bills did, however, have running back Damian Harris leave the game in an ambulance and taken to a local hospital due to a neck injury. Bills head coach Sean McDermott did confirm in his postgame press conference that all scans so far have Harris being in good and improving. He does have movement in his arms and legs. The Bills now next turn their attention to division rival the New York, the New England Patriots, and they travel to Gillette Stadium next Sunday for a 1 p.m. kickoff. Some of the other games from around the league today, the Ravens do take down the Titans 19-8 in London. The Bengals have now won two in a row, and they sit at 3-3 three and three after a 17-13 win over Seattle. Cleveland with a big upset win over the 49ers, 19-17. The Patriots, they fall to 1-5 after a 21-17 loss to the Raiders. And the Jets, they take down the previously undefeated Eagles, 20-14. We do have one more game this week. The Cowboys do travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers. That's going to be for Monday Night Football. And scores from around the league, they are delivered by the UPS store. Be unstoppable. Now a look at traffic with Joe Kelly. Not much has changed. Traffic is still heavy around Highmark Stadium. Abbott Road is seeing significant congestion along with Big Tree Road. And along Southwestern Boulevard, all the way through the 219, you're seeing increased volume with some slowdown. And on the 219 itself, we are looking at serious congestion and backups all the way from Milestrip Road through the 90 interchange all the way up past Ridge Road. Some serious congestion on the drive back to the city of Buffalo. Once you pass Ridge Road, though, it seems to open up. Traffic is brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. I'm Joe Kelly for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Rolling out and now throwing down the far side of the field, complete to Diggs. There's a flag on the play. It's a first down into Giants territory. All right, welcome back to the postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. The Bills win 14-9 over the New York Giants. They move to 4-2 and two on the season. They will face off against the New England Patriots. A 1 p.m. kick next week. Their last 1 p.m. kick for a long time, unfortunately, for those that enjoy the 1 o'clock games. Let's grab one phone call, and then we got to go to the locker room. Let's go to Ryan in Bradford, PA. Ryan, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, guys. Uh Enjoy and listen to the, the uh, show on the ride home here Thanks, back man. to Pennsylvania. Um, I, I, without repeating what too many other people have said, I, I do think it's it's kind of become obvious that 
you know, Dorsey almost kind of pulled like a highway robbery getting this job and keeping this job another year. Um, he looks over looks over his skis. Uh, but but in, in his defense, you know, I, I almost don't know if it's so much the, the specific play-by-play play calling. It's just an overall sense of not being buttoned up on offense. You know, it seems like we have things that work and we get away from them or, you know, penalties or just – in general, just not being ready to go two weeks in a row. You know, uh, McDermott seems to have his fingerprints all over that defense, and they look freaking phenomenal. And then the offense, it just looks like it's not coached in the same fashion the defense is or even from the same staff. It looks completely different. And if I was just to hone in on on one thing of him just seeming like he's trying to outsmart the room would be I think it was the end of the first or the beginning of the – end of the first half or the beginning of the second half where we we were on the half yard line and we have a you know a six six quarterback and a, and a big running back and we're in shotgun you know uh and of course we don't get it and then we did score the next play but that that would be the negative the positive is that i've been going to these games you know for years and, and especially last year and uh this is the type of game we would have lost last year uh this year we pulled it out uh you know, maybe that's a little superstitious, but I do feel like I feel good that we won a close game and we showed grit. We pulled out and we got the W. So a little bit of positive, a little bit of negative, and I'll, I'll listen from there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for the call, uh, Ryan. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I These one-possession games, these games that it comes down to one play, it sort of seems like, you know, like I, I tweeted, I talked about it, felt like you watched this story play out a million times and the Bills don't win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's just la- not I don't think it's just last year that they don't win this game. I I, I think that a lot of times um, this Bills franchise in these in these pivotal one play makes the game kind of game, um, the Bills are are on the wrong side of that and uh, the Bills were not luckily today. All right, let's go live to the locker room so that we can hear from Bills defensive end Von Miller and it's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Ron, how do you feel out there tonight? How do you feel you're progressing in your second game back? Um, didn't do much on the stat sheet today, but I feel like I was I, I rushed a whole lot better today. Um, um explosive, explosiveness, all the snap count, and um, was able. I felt a little bit bendy around the edge today. Um, defense is still on fire. We had three sacks today. Held up tough towards the end of the game. Um, great win. You know, I, I take them pretty ugly. They they all count the same. So. It's a good win, and we just keep moving. From a pass rush standpoint, is it frustrating when someone like Tyrod's getting the ball out so quick that you can't? No, that's, no that's, that's part of it. it. It doesn't matter if it's a, a scrambling quarterback, passing quarterback. That's what they'll try to do. All quarterbacks try to do that. I mean, you got to keep rushing. You know, you just got to reload and, and line him back up. I know Terrence Johnson made, a, made the play at the end there, Vaughn, but the guy finishes with 15 tackles. He's beaten blocks to make plays short of the line to gain. I mean, what can you say about Terrence? Oh, Terrence, he's on, he's on fire, man. Like, I um, saw him on the sideline. I was like, hey, man, what, what you thinking about? Because he was just staring down at the turf. I was like, hey, man, what you thinking about? He was like, hey, man, I'm trying to – I'm thinking of a play to, to close the game. And I was like, okay, let me leave you alone then because we're going to need that. And Terrence, he's been on fire since he's, – he's been on fire since, you know, I've been playing with him, man. He's a hell of a teammate, and I'm, I'm glad to have him on my side for sure. Bonnie played against Tyrod before, I think, Denver, how, how do you think you handled just his overall uh, scrambling ability? 
Yeah, I mean, we're we going to play uh, we're gonna play some scrambling quarterbacks. Tyrod's at the top of that list when it comes to his ability and being able to extend plays and get down the field. Um, last time I played Tyrod was the, the fake the fake handshake here here on Bills, here here at Highmark Stadium. And um, I was on the other side, and uh, yeah, we ended up losing that game. So, you know, I was on the other side this time, and we ended up winning that game. So it, it was all good, and, you know, I'm uh, happy for Tyrod and, you know, the career that he's at. The drive before, at the end of the first half, when the clock ran out on the Giants, just how big of a momentum boost was it to, to keep them a one-possession game? Yeah, I mean, that's how I, we, we ended the half like that, and we ended the game like that. So it was a great team win. Um, defense played well today. You know, offense put enough points on the board to, to win us a game, and you know, special teams played great, as, as always. And, and like I said, man, ugly, pretty, by a lot, by a little, I, I take whatever we can get. All right, that is Bill's defensive end and, I guess, technically linebacker, Von Miller. And, again, that's following today's 14-9 win. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. We'll continue taking phone calls at 803-0550. Zach and I will continue our uh, breakdown of this uh, tragic win. <laughs> There's a, a such thing as one. Well, uh, more on the other side. This is Buffalo Bills football. It was not pretty, but the Buffalo Bills do survive against the New York Giants and improve to 4-2 and two on the season with a 14-9 win through the air. Josh Allen led the way for the Bills with 169 yards and two touchdowns. James, Cooks was the Bill, James Cook excuse me, was the Bills' leading rusher with 71 yards, while Stephon Diggs was the game's leading wide receiver with 10 catches for 100 yards. He was also targeted 16 times, tying a career high. The Bills did, however, lose running back Damian Harris for the game as he had to leave the game in an ambulance and be taken to a local hospital due to a neck injury. Bills head coach Sean McDermott did confirm during his post-game press conference that all scans so far for Harris have been good and that he does have movement in his arms and legs. And next up for the Bills, they turn their attention to division rival the New England Patriots as they travel to Gillette Stadium next Sunday for a 1 p.m. kickoff. Some other scores from around the league today do include the Ravens taking down the Titans 24-16 in London earlier this morning. The Bengals have now won two in a row and sit 3-3 three and three overall after a 17-13 win over Seattle. Cleveland with a massive upset over the 49ers 19-17. Jaguars get a divisional win over the Colts 37-20. The Patriots fall to 1-5 on the season after a 21-17 loss to the Raiders. And the Jets, they take down a previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles 20-14. to And we do have one more game this week. It'll be the Cowboys traveling to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers for Monday Night Football. Scores from around the league, they are delivered to you by the UPS store. Be unstoppable. Not much has changed. Traffic is still heavy around Highmark Stadium. Abbott Road is seeing significant congestion along with Big Tree Road. And along Southwestern Boulevard, all the way through the 219, you're seeing increased volume with some slowdown. And on the 219 itself, we are looking at serious congestion and backups all the way from Milestrip Road through the 90 interchange all the way up past Ridge Road. Some serious congestion on the drive back to the city of Buffalo. Once you pass Ridge Road, though, it seems to open up. Traffic is brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. I'm Joe Kelly for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Here's Allen in the shotgun, hooked to his left, back to pass, looked for the swing pass, pocket collapsing, rolls out to his right to buy time, into traffic, the touchdown pass is good to Quentin Morris! 
a 15-yard dart. Wow, he threaded the needle there. Josh Allen off his back foot gets it in a tight spot anyway. Unbelievable. Chris Brown on the call there. That was Josh Allen's second touchdown and the winning points from tonight's game. And uh, the Bills get their win 14-9. Nate Geary, Zach Jones back here in our Amherst studios. Let's get a quick check of the eye on the quarterback with that very Josh Allen. And it's brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen, 19 of 30 in this game. It didn't start well. He was 18, 8 of 18 at one point. Then he rifled off 11 straight completions. He went for 169 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. No, uh, Was not sacked on the day and finished with an 86.7 quarterback rating. There's your eye on the quarterback. Let's get to the phones really quick, and then we'll bring you more players. So we'll hear from Taryn Johnson live in the locker room. Let's go to Mark in Atlanta. Mark, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Mark. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I always enjoy your your post game coverage. Thank uh, you. Whether I was in Western New York or now I'm recently located in Atlanta, but I wanted to make just a quick point, big picture. You know this this team this season feels a lot like last year. You know last year the, in week nine and ten, the Bills have back to back losses against uh, you know the Jets and the Vikings. Uh, Josh gets a, a kind of what we thought was a minor shoulder injury, and we know what that turned into. But then they they rip off seven in a row, um, you know, including a, a playoff win against Miami. In 21, very similar as well. Uh, the Bills were 7-6 and six after 13 games. You know, all, all of us were really uh, worried at that point about even making the playoffs. Then they rip off five in a row, including that blowout win at home against the, the Patriots. And, and during that, that season, they also had that ugly – uh, low-scoring loss game to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just want to kind of try to bring that up. I mean, if, if you know, I know every season's different. Every team has different players and things. But this seems to be the character of that team. You know, coming up um, uh, the next six games before the bye, they've got all very winnable games next week against New England, then the Bucks, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, and Eagles. Of course, Eagles got beat today uh, unexpectedly. And that's up to the bye. So I wouldn't be surprised to see these guys win all of them or go five and six and then be set up for the last uh, four or five games of the regular season to make a playoff run. So just wanted to bring that up. I think you guys tried to allude to that. Um, Just one last point. You know, one of the callers said that the defense looks great uh, under Sean McDermott and that uh, uh, Dorsey should be fired. You know, two weeks ago he was – Da Vinci, and now he's Rodney Dangerfield. You know, after the Miami win, he's the greatest guy in the world in offense. And McDermott, I mean, the Bills got beat statistically today everywhere, just about except the scoreboard. You know, uh, Tyrod Taylor throws for 200 yards. Uh, Barkley runs for almost 100. Uh, You know, so I don't think it's any one side of the ball, and I think it's the character of this team, and just hope everybody keeps that in perspective. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. I, uh, we appreciate it. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, listen, I, I think the the most important thing is this Bills offense peaks uh, in December. Uh, nobody won a Super Bowl in October, um, so that's I guess my point on that one. Let's go to the locker room. Let's hear from Bills corner Taron Johnson, the hero of the evening. And uh, our live locker room sound is brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Can you kind of describe the last play from your perspective? Uh, really that they was just, um, basically it looked like, it looked like a run formation and the guy I was guarding Waller come, came out acting like he was going to block me. 
ended up releasing the runner out. So I just stayed on my guy the whole time. I didn't really believe it. They had Saquon in the backfield. Did you think it might be a run? What was going through your head? I did think it was going to be a run, but at the same time, we were man-to-man, so I was focused on my guy more so than the other, whatever could happen after that. You know what I'm saying? Those moments, mm-hmm. you know, after that, the flag, it's this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it like from your perspective and the mindset before it, as you're going through it, of knowing this this is it, there's there's one more go? I just got to find a way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We knew it was going to be last play of the game, so defend every inch. We thought that they could run it, but, I mean, they passed the ball, so we just made it out. And then your last or your first game, with some of the guys like Milano and Daquan and stuff, Trey, second game, not in there. How do you guys feel like you guys found your way with this new group? Uh, I, I feel like we did good. I mean, I, I still think we made some mistakes, but that's just growing pains right there. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like we're going to continue to detail our work, and I thought I thought the young guys played good. There's still got to be a sense of pride to hold any team out of the end zone whole game. I mean, they, they had three field goals. That was it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that, that's special. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hopefully we keep that up the whole season. All right, that is Bill's corner, Taryn Johnson. i got to get another timeout in here. We've got the overtime show coming up here uh, right around 145. Zach Jones will uh, will take that for you here locally uh, on our uh, flagship WGR Sports Radio 550. Timeout. Uh, again, we'll continue taking phone calls, get more players on from the locker room, we'll get you your difference player of the game. All that's coming up. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Orbit motion there by Hardy. Back to pass, throws it to Hardy in the left flat, and he's going to find his way into the end zone. The diminutive Deontay Hardy with his first touchdown as a Buffalo Bill. Three yards, and the Bills are finally on the board. There's Chris Brown on the call. Let's get you a quick update on the difference maker of the game. And it's the Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. It's brought to you by Independent Health. At Independent Health, you'll find more than 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills, of course. Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. i got to get another break in here before we do that. Let's go to Dylan in Orlando, who's been waiting patiently. Dylan, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Dylan. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. So, uh... Tonight was just tough to watch. I mean, I think we all uh, can uh, agree with that. But uh, the Bills just did not deserve to win this game tonight, and we got away with one. And that last play in the end zone, I mean, that was a that was a pi. Uh, but you know, I'm glad we got the win, and that's what counts. But uh, man, tonight I really noticed that it it is Diggs, and everybody else behind him is long gone. And I think I'm starting to understand why he's complaining is because, let's just be honest here, and I'm going to be brutal, Gabe Davis and all these other guys are just, they blow. That we do not have a a true second receiver out there that Allen can rely on. And we're hoping on Kincaid, but obviously he was hurt tonight. We could definitely tell that we were missing him tonight. But uh, I just, and this play calling is just basic college style, in my opinion. I feel like I'm watching the Florida Gators, which is my college team, it's just, it's average play calling. There's no motion, or there is very little. I mean, put your six-five athletic quarterback to work. I mean, where are any jet sweeps, any trickeries, any quarterback sneaks? I mean, come on. This ain't going to win us the Super Bowl. This, ain't, this might not even win us a playoff game. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm a little hot about it, but, I mean, the Bills got to do something. I mean, I don't mean to keep going on, but there's a Denver team that's a dumpster fire with some great players 
and there's been some serious reports that they're willing to let him go for nothing. If I'm being, I'm making the call. But uh, I appreciate it, guys, and go Bills. Yeah, thanks for the call, Dylan. Yeah, Jerry Judy, uh, that'd be a name that I'd, I'd certainly be interested in. Let's go to the locker room. Let's hear from Bills linebacker Dorian Williams. It's brought to you by Reimer Home Services, your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. How did it feel to like, get significant action in this game, and kind of what was your the experience like today? Oh, man, it was great, man. You know, the fans, you know, kept giving us, you know, energy all through the game. Uh, you know, obviously got some things to clean up and, uh, you know, play better next week. Yeah, and, like, talking through that final play, I mean, it was I, – I, I was expecting a run. You know, what, were, what was what were you expecting as you were lining up there? Um, you know, I mean, I knew I was running the pressure. You know, I mean, if it opened up, he had the ball, you know, got made a tackle, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, uh, tight coverage. I mean, it worked out. When you see Saquon lining up there, though, you got to be thinking maybe run first. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head? What are your what's your key and your progression as you're thinking about that? I'm going. You know, it's pressure. So honestly, I mean, once you get in the backfield, just break down, make the tackle. You know, I mean, he, you know, he's a hell of a running back. So you know, you got you got to you know bring your fundamentals. So you came off field a little bit at the end. How you doing? You good physically? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. All right, Dorian Williams, Bills rookie linebacker, who is uh, now starting in place of the injured Matt Milano there uh, after the game. Timeout, other side. i got to close things off. For this show, we'll have the overtime show on our local flagship WGR. So if you're waiting on on hold and I don't get to you, you'll have an opportunity on the overtime show with Zach Jones as well. That's all coming up next. You're listening to the Bills postgame show. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Off goes to Cook and a work up the middle. Big hole. First down yardage and more as he's out to midfield. James Cook putting his foot on the gas for a gain of 15. Welcome back to the postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. I'm going to take one more phone call and we've got to wrap things up on the network. And we'll have our local postgame coverage on the overtime show with Zach Jones immediately following on our flagship WGR. In the meantime, let's go to Ken and Olean. Ken, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Ken. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Um, first of all, I would just like to say, like, prayers for uh, Damian Harris. Hopefully everything's all right with that. Um, I thought our D played relatively well, but, I mean, I just don't know what what we're missing on offense. Like, where's the spark? Like, where's, like, the momentum to go out and – actually you know like move the ball down the field it seems like last game under two minutes we could move the ball and then today we were kind of lackluster and I'm just kind of thinking like I mean maybe we just aren't that good this year I mean it happens to every single team that's good but yeah I'll just let you run with that but um yeah, yeah, thanks, Ken. Listen, it's the the offense has struggled out of the gates over the last two weeks. They, I mean, did they walk straight down the against the Dolphins? I think they walked straight down the field on the first drive, scored, went up seven nothing, went up fourteen nothing or fourteen seven. They scored like four straight times. So it's not that it's not in there; it's in there. It's just finding that consistency. And luckily, they've got ten more games or whatever it is uh, to to get that figured out. But uh, I'll keep sort of harping on me hoping that this team uh, offensively peaks um, in December into January because uh, I don't care if they're peaking in, in October. We've we've seen this team peak early um, and fizzle out late like we did last year. Um, so for me, it's, I, I think, 
you just got to you got to find a way to play your best football uh, when it matters the most. Time out. That's going to finish things here uh, for us on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Again, Zach Jones locally on our flagship WGR will take over here uh, on the overtime show. That's going to do it for me, Nate Geary. Thanks for listening along here. This is Buffalo Bills Football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 